You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator implementation program. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. It's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Hey, how you doing? Adam here. Just to let you know that this is the third and final panel that we did as part of the live stream relaunch of the B2B Growth Think Tank. So if you haven't listened to the others, maybe go back and listen to them. If you want to watch the live broadcast or any of the parts of the live broadcast, any of the panels that you've heard so far, you can do that in the Facebook group at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash FB group. It would be great to have you there in any case to connect, connect with me, guests, other listeners to the show where we are all pushing in the same direction, looking to grow our business and looking to help each other do so. So it'd be great if you uh, could come over and join us. Until then, let's get to the episode. Well, first, welcome Tobin, Ethan and Steve Gordon. So yeah, how are we doing, guys? Great to see you. Awesome. Happy to be here. Same thing. Excited to be here. And uh, Adam, you've done a phenomenal job. I've been watching this morning. Uh, What amazing guests that you brought brought to the show. I really love what you're doing. Well, I I think one of the things that we'll all, um, yeah, we'll all touch on. And, um, you know, I know this is very dear with what what Steve does specifically. I know what you guys are doing at Book uh, Book of Experts. And Ethan, you're massively on about rehumanizing business, right? So I guess, to be honest with you, the idea, I, I don't know where it originated. I think I mentioned to you, Toby, and I feel like that you're doing something similar with the Book of Experts and you're having some, you know, a lot of these live sessions and panels and I've been on a few of them and they're fantastic. I feel like I can't narrow it down and this idea to, to, to one place, one idea. I've been exposed now over 100 interviews, over 100 people coming on to so many brilliant minds, so many different ways of thinking, so many stories so many life journeys and and i think they've all sort of sunk in subconsciously in a way and and i just got to this point and i and i sort of thought i want to do this differently and this is where we are so thank you ever so much for coming back it's it's great to see you guys and um what i want to just quickly do is um go around and remind people um where uh, where we first met and um what we spoke about and then I'll just ask you kind of what's been going on since and um, yeah, what's uh, what are the opportunities that you're working on now? So um, I think it was uh, episode 32 was when uh, Steve and I were were, uh, were first talking and uh, we spoke how to pre-sell your ideal clients so they show up ready to hire you. Um, episode 43 was Ethan and we were talking about how to use video to rehumanize your business and land more clients. And uh, 52 was Tobin, the most direct route to revenue and cash flow in your business. So why don't we start in the order that we were introduced? And Steve, what's been going on in your world? How have you been and what are you working on? Uh, I Look, I've been great. I mean, it's been a, a challenging 12 months, I think, for everybody. But 
Uh, I'm more optimistic about the future than I've ever been. And uh, we're, uh, we're having a lot of fun. We've uh, over the last year, we've helped um, a little over a dozen entrepreneurs launch their first book. We've launched new podcasts for folks and um, we're just uh, really enjoying uh, helping, helping professionals grow their businesses with, uh, with those two tools, a, a really great, book and a, and a podcast to connect with people like you're doing here. Yeah. It's, and I did see, I mentioned to you as well, the, um, uh, the, the offer that you've uh, put out there with the, with, with the book and <laughs> it's a no brainer if you're wanting to actually you know, use the book in the way that you talk about and, 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 and the referral element that goes ahead with it. And especially high value, high trust services. You know, I know you're a big, um, believer in the whole, you know, you don't need the funnel. You don't need hundreds and thousands of leads coming in your your funnel it's it's about the the connection the relationships and adding and leading with value and you doing that with a book and the way that you guys uh, uh do it and let's be honest steve you've written five so you know what you're doing um it's Thank incredibly you. valuable and i think that um yeah um we'll we'll make sure that um we link up um uh, anything to that and what you're doing there because um it's fantastic and and the offer was inspired by another previous guest as well, Joel, wasn't it? Um, it's a fan, it's very well done, very well done. So, um, Tobin, uh, sorry, Ethan, sorry, I got my order, order all wrong. <laughs> so Ethan, what have you been up to? Oh, it's all good. It's good to see you again, Steve. Good to spend time with you again, Adam. And nice to meet you, Tobin. We connected, uh, I think on LinkedIn. Um, everything's great. Um, as you can imagine, for folks who heard my uh, conversation with you on the podcast or who are familiar with what we do, you can imagine that this was not a, you know, we did we did not suffer through the pandemic experience the same way a lot of other businesses did because we help you be as close to in person as possible in an asynchronous way, right? So we're all live here in StreamYard. We all had to be here at the same time uh, across time zones, et cetera, et cetera. So we make it easy to, you know, use video to get face-to-face with people outside of time. So I can record a message and send it to anyone and they can experience me in person at any time. So Business has been good for us, um, obviously had a, a boost right after the onset of the pandemic. Some of those bigger deals that were in the pipeline that are like kind of slow, like where, where you still need to get to three or four more decision makers, like immediately the red tape just disappeared. It is fast track, fast track to getting going. And so um, it's been fun to be along that ride. Um, I think the the book that I co-authored with my friend Steve was something that brought us together initially, Adam. And so uh, I ended up writing another pretty heavyweight piece mid-year that we just released ourselves, uh, designed and released ourselves. And I'm working on a second kind of more formal book project, uh, moving beyond video in particular to why we use video, why it helps, why it is more human, uh, just to kind of elevate the conversation a little bit. I feel like... um, a lot of folks who are adopting video are, are in a lot of people who are selling video are, are positioning it in a way that I think um, debases it in some way. I think it is very, very pro-human and a lot of people are using this kind of like gimmick, quick attention steal kind of approach. And so uh, we're just looking to elevate the conversation. So I'm deep in that and it's really, really fun. Yeah, I listened to the the show that you did with Steve on the Unstoppable CEO and it's a, yeah, another great episode. And I mean, it's so true. It's interesting because as you say, you've probably not been impacted in the same way that many other businesses out there because actually your business is set up almost to serve people in this climate. Mm-hmm. And especially the type of people that you attract because of your own philosophy. I mean, the reason we got along so nicely immediately was just kind of shared philosophy. So if you are long-term oriented, value oriented, relationship oriented, then then you can apply the tool and the philosophy in a way that's going to be very well aligned with the outcome that is beneficial for all stakeholders, not just you and your own top line. And I think the ultimate um, you know, testimonial is that um, I certainly used BombBomb in the lead up and preparation and um, preparing for this event. And, uh, you know, I possibly, um, you know, I, I, it, it's fantastic in terms of, it means I don't have to literally write everything out. It does have, in, you know, from my personality and the ADHD, I can go off on tangents and the videos can be a little longer than I anticipated <laughs> and it can be a little bit overkill, but it's a fantastic tool. It, it, uh, you know, I, I love doing them. I, f- I find that it allows me to actually, you know, talk to people. And I, I did all the invites via the, uh, you know, an individual video, for example, um, 
and it, and, and it's fantastic. I, I hope that um, everybody found them at least. Um, yeah, oh, I remember <laughs> who he is, that kind of thing. But it's um, yeah, it, it's a fantastic tool. I mean, I use it for so much. So, uh, Tobin, I know you've been busy. We have had a busy year. I, I first want to say, uh, Ethan, I love this book that you talked about. So please uh, add me to your alert list, your notifications. I, I want to know when more information comes out about that. I've been getting some of those bomb bombs and I love what uh, both of you are doing. Actually, Steve, we haven't talked in person, but I've been following you and, and reading your material and content for a while. So I'm super thrilled just to be here with all three of you. Um, for us, uh, I think we're all pretty happy to turn the calendar uh, just because it was such a, a strange war, uh, year in 2020, uh, but it was a good year for us. It will be a memorable one for a number of reasons, but for us, we launched Book of Experts. It was a COVID creation project for us. So uh, we've been building, uh, my, my partners and I have been building sales teams for a while, uh, usually working with influencers who, who basically want to uh, multiply their profits from the launches they're doing, bring in a sales team that can actually pick up the phone, talk to people and get get more sales that people don't realize that 60% of the sales happen after the launch. And as we are doing that, um, we wanted to create something that would support our environment, our ecosystem of other entrepreneurs. So we call it book of experts because it's speakers, authors, um, coaches, consultants, agency owners. Um, we're really just trying to showcase and spotlight them. Uh, we've been really busy with doing virtual events around that. We do expert panels similar to this, and Adam's been on with us. So we're just excited about where things are going. Uh, our our business is also growing because of the this. We have virtual teams. It's we're just in the right space. But I also recognize that's not true for a lot of people. Think their worlds have been turned upside down. So we think we can bring some value to the table and help people for free. And if it's a fit, we'd love to talk with them about doing more as well, like all of us. But uh, it doesn't, there's always going to be value there at the free level. Mm. Yeah. And, and what I'm, you know, keen to get into, obviously the, uh, the challenges and everything, but I think what's, what's great amongst, um, you know, you, you three guys in particular, and it is that the, the shared philosophy that comes through your work, it's, it's all there. It's all about the collaborative element. It's all about relationship. It's all about really, yeah, helping, helping by leading with value and not being that that pitching person, the, you know, the person that is just leading with what's in it for me, it's more, how can I help you? And, and I think that's the philosophy that comes through, um, each three of you particularly. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, we, we ended up with you guys on, on this panel and, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a great, uh, a great conversation. So what I've been doing is I, I slightly changed it. Obviously, um, we, uh, we had the challenge questions laid out and I think, Alex made a good point and obviously explained is that I wanted to cover the same question or the same dilemma on each of the panels, because I actually think that this is something that underlines everything. And if you don't understand or get this fixed or, or dealt with, nothing else we're going to talk about is going to matter. So that dilemma is, um, it's all around personal struggles. So person's come in with this because I know coming from the owner of the business, this sounds terrible, but my biggest challenge is myself. I know I've got people relying on me to encourage and lead them. And I know it's important for my staff in any situation, but especially right now, the thing is I kind of just want to break as honestly, I'm tired and I'm not motivated at the moment. How do you deal with the weight of it all when things get tough? So it's a, it's quite a, you know, it's, it's something we all go through. So really interested to hear if you've got stories, if you've got examples, or you've got ways of the, that you would suggest of, of dealing with this um, to, to, to sort of help this person. And you know, is it anyone that wants to jump in on this one first, or am I going to you know, pick, pick a winner? I'll jump in. Um, I was actually just having this conversation with a client right before this call. Um, and it's not the first one that I've had, you know, over the last few months with folks. Um, and honestly, uh, to the person who sent this in, um, you know, full transparency. I've, I've felt a lot of that here lately too. I think part of that is, is just a symptom of the times. Um, and, um, you know, and, and part of it is just being the leader of, of a business. Uh, it's easy to wear yourself out because you take on a lot of weight. Um, and, uh, and, and I think right now for a lot of people, the priority is, is, building in some space in the schedule um, and, and creating some, some free time. And I think it's one thing to say that, 
Um, this is one of the things I always like about um, about your podcast, Adam, is you always force people to go a little bit deeper beyond just, hey, oh, that was a great thing that you said, but how do we actually do it? And, uh, you know, and so I'd love to to hear from the other guys in, in terms of how to operationalize it. Uh, just this week, I, I had to go through the calendar and just start marking days. And I was I was working about four or five weeks out before I could find a day that was free and just like market big capital letters, you know, don't schedule anything because I've got to have some space because I think we're all struggling with with some of that. So to me, that'd be the first thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's it's a reality. And, and I say it's a reality whether or not <laughs> the world's on a lockdown or not. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I had this idea to do this. I was going to change the podcast and all the rest of it. I set the wheels in motion and then we got put back into a lockdown, which means that we're homeschooling, which means that <laughs> my time was cut in half. My wife and I both run businesses. She's a graphic designer. I do this. We have literally had our days cut and we're running two different businesses on half days and we're splitting not just homeschooling, but running around after a toddler who's also trying, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So God, there are times when I just sit there and I go, I just want to scream. Like I want to get all of this done. I, I, I'm absolutely passionate about doing it. I also love my family and I want to be there for them and do all the rest of it. It's literally like being pulled in, in two different directions. And there were times when I was sort of preparing for this and all the other things that were going on in the business. I just wanted to sleep. But I, I knew that I had to get it done. So I had to get up early. I had to stay up late. But I knew that there was a finite amount of time I could do it. So after this, I'm probably going to crash. <laughs> right? So it's okay. And I think that if if you are the kind of person, you know, if, if you've sort of sent this in, maybe you just need to assess, is this something that is, it's a blip or has this been going on longer? Because if it's a blip, give yourself a break in a way, like just, just do that. And it's, it's something that you can get over a little bit quicker, but if it's something that's been going on for a lot longer, that could be a sign of something deeper and you, you would be advised and we are not psychotherapists or anything like that. We don't play them on TV, but I would suggest that that is the kind of thing that you really consider actually talking to, but we're talking from a practical sort of business side of things and, and what you can do to maintain that motivation. So you know, from a, from a perspective of you and Bomb Bomb, Ethan, I mean, maybe using these videos is, 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 is a way to, I, I don't know, put a bit more fun back into things, rehumanize. There's, there's got to be stuff in there. It's funny. I, I, hear, I hear that a lot. Like this, especially for people that have been in their career 20, 30 years where, um, and less, but really people that have been around for a while and they remember how business used to be done before it was all faceless. And they say, this makes what I do fun again. The other thing I would say specific to video, and then I'll go more broad and pick up on where you and Steve were, uh, is that um, gratitude is just a very, very healthy habit. I know a lot of people journal around it and that kind of a thing, but carving out five minutes to start your day to say thank you to two or maybe three people um, or good job, congratulations. I was thinking about you. Some of this, it, it, it grounds us. It puts us in a healthier mental state. And there's something about the act, and I don't want to sound too woo-woo here, but there's something about the act of breathing these words into life instead of pecking them into a keyboard or even writing them down on paper. Um, there's something about living the words out and expressing them with your whole self that's very, very um, transformative in kind of an immediate micro sense where it can turn things around. And then when you get the reply and response that says, you, this totally made my day or best email ever, these kinds of things um, that no one says, by the way, about your faceless emails, um, <laughs> that, that, that it helps both people. But I would, you know, I want to, I, I really want to empathize with this, this idea in this situation. I think when I feel some of these things and I, I generally I'll say down, right? Not, not necessarily lack of motivation. I'm a highly motivated person. And I like, so I, I don't really, I would not, I would not characterize my lowest points as um, a lack of motivation. I think it's more overwhelm. And so in those moments, I, you know, obviously restack and reprioritize. I do need to carve out time as Steve suggested to do it. I'll just, I, I won't try to block necessarily a whole day, but if I can find a half day, or two hour window or something like that. When I'm at my freshest, by the way, I'm not at my freshest at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not the stay up late guy. If anything, I'm going to get up an hour early and get up at four instead of five and, and make it happen then. But 
Um, carve out a little bit of time, restack, reprioritize, focus on what you can control versus what you can't control, and then focus on what I call the next right step or the next right thing, because that's all we can do. And, and my big caution here is that, you know, just like you need to put your oxygen mask on before you secure it for others, you have to take care of yourself first. And, and then the direct caution here, that's not a selfish thing. It's actually a, a useful, practical thing so that you can give to other people. But the, the other caution I would make, and the reason that a gratitude video is so effective for you and the recipient, is that our emotions are so, so highly contagious. And so, as you just said, Adam, if you catch yourself in this rut for some period of time, you have to, have to take a more significant step than whatever smaller steps you were taking to try to, you know, work your way out of it because it affects everyone. And, um, and I don't, I want to be aggressive toward people that are kind of like caught in this trap or caught in this loop, but you have to do something more significant than what you were doing before if it persists because it affects you, it affects your family, it affects your team members, it affects your clients, anyone that you're dealing with, it's so contagious. And the last thing, and then I'll give it to Tobin, is that um, we can't fake it, right? It's one thing, and we have to, like in these short periods, you called it a blip. Like if we're in one of these blips and you have a call scheduled and you have to have the call, you show up and you do your best, but you can't fake it for a long time. Uh, that, that, that lack of integrity, and I don't mean that as a character flaw, I just mean this lack of consistency in word and deed and thought and expression is especially grinding and taxing and you're only hurting yourself and the people you care about most. And so, um, that's what I would say to that. Yeah, uh, so many brilliant points, and and you had me laughing a little bit in the middle. Not you know, it's a serious subject, but funny enough, the last episode of the Client Catching Podcast, I had to say this to Stacey who was on. Um, she was the second person that got me singing a Frozen song in my head. You're now the third. The next right thing, if you've got small kids and you watch <laughs> Frozen two, and I mean, you know, we all know that Disney is is a fantastic. Um, I you know, it's the it's the best marketing machine in the world. Let's be honest. They get catchy things in your head, but it's, they, they have positive reaffirming messages, right? Let's just do the next right thing. And sometimes when you're putting yourself under all of this pressure, that next right thing is the only thing you can do. And I'm yeah. not going to break into song. And I'm not going to do an Olaf impression, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Tobin, um, now I've, uh, I've, I've completely lowered the bar for you. Um, <laughs> well, I, I actually appreciate that because, uh, you know, coming in on the heels of these, the answers that you've got in this panel, but even what's been said earlier today, you, you're getting magic from folks. And I just want to point out to people that, you know, this is, this would be the kind of advice you're getting from all the experts today have been. It's, it's what you'd have in paid consultations or paid engagements uh, with clients. So it's really good stuff. And Ethan, I want to thank you for underlining that point of we can't really be there to take care of the people that we care about most, whether it's family or clients, if we don't take care of ourselves. And I think that's a really important. I, I struggle with that. I'll be honest with you, sometimes deferring, you know, just I'm just going to bowl my way through this. Uh, and that's the point I want to bring. Uh, I'm going to give everyone here, all of us on the panel and anyone who's uh, joining us on the replay as well, I'm going to give you permission right now to maybe cut a few things out of your schedule or a few things that don't matter so much. So I'm thinking about, I have a lot of friends uh, who are doing the clubhouse thing right now. Like it's the rage, everyone's talking about it. I'm just not even trying to go there because I already know that I'm in that upper range of my bandwidth. And if I add one more thing, especially something that is so engaging for folks, I don't doubt the value there. I just can't tackle that thing. And maybe each of us have to look at, you know, can we, can we prioritize and go down to maybe just a couple of the social media channels? Don't try to be everywhere, but just pick the few that really matter. So Ethan's, you know, talking about video and email, uh, the delivery of the, the videos that way. Um, uh, Steve has been talking about the podcasts and the books. Like, can we focus in on just a couple things that will really move the needle? The other question that I love, I've been ruminating on this myself. I shared it with our team. And I think, I hope you guys will get value out of this as well. A lot of people ask the question, uh, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? It's that aspirational question. It's that reaching out there and, and you know, where can you go with things if you, if you really knew 
you know, you, it was inevitable. It was going to happen. But I actually like the reverse side of that question, which is what would you be doing if you knew that big thing that you're going after? For us, it's book of experts. But if you're going after it and you knew it was going to fail, but you do it anyways. And I think that question is important because it gets at where is the real impact? Where is the fun? What are those things that even if you don't reach that bigger version, you know there's value in what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. So I'd encourage people to think about it that way. Like, what would you do if you weren't going to get paid or you only got paid on uh, completion and success for your clients? Like, how would you adjust things? And maybe that's part of the guidance that we all need to hear to focus in on what matters most. So much in there. Like, that's gold. I mean, it just just the, just thinking about things differently and stepping back and just, I guess that that's something that we all forget sometimes, that we're almost looking for somebody else to give us permission to do certain things when we've got things on our mind that we know we need to do. And maybe that's why you're feeling tired. Maybe that's why you're not feeling the motivation because you know you need to do something that you you don't really want to do, and but you know the right thing to do is not what necessarily you want to do or you don't want to do or, or, or something like that. But it's just like, stop looking for permission and, and actually ask yourself the question, what would I do if I couldn't fail or go the opposite way? Where am I going to find my joy? Would I find my joy even if I knew that this was going to completely blow up in my face? And I think Chris gave us a great example of this. So they've taken Fridays, they're playing video games, they're playing FIFA, and they're talking about marketing. Now, I don't have a PlayStation and I don't have a FIFA to join them on this, but I love the idea because they've made it fun and playful and they're doing something work related. And I think that can be a really energizing activity when we can reinvigorate ourselves with some of that. And then, you know, just as a shout out to earlier, I think it was also Chris who said, you know, if you, if you don't take that time, you, we can't be, we can't even do the strategic work that we want to on our business if we don't if we don't sort of recharge and sharpen mm-hmm. our acts uh, before that, we have to take care of that first to even be there. 100%. But I, I think that that's so critical because if, reading into this question, you know, the, you know, the, whoever asked it was really talking about uh, leadership and team development and all of that. If we think about the importance of that work in the business, that's the most important strategic work you really have because the team is who, actually executes and gets the results for the business. And if you think about, you know, in terms of the priority of what, what do we have to do, you know, on a day-to-day basis to, to go and drive that impact, uh, really getting the team prepared to do that is probably pretty close to the top of the list. And so, um, you know, looking at it as, as that higher level thing and then getting yourself prepared to do that, I think is a good reframe. Um, and Tobin, I'm so glad you said, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to just put Clubhouse aside. I have been blown up this week. I got on Clubhouse. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, in the in crowd because a buddy of mine uh, turned me on to it. But I, I finally, like you, I had to decide, you know, it's not going to make the all of the difference in the world for me. The other things that I'm working on are more important. And I'm just going to set it aside for a while. And if it comes back, then, okay, it'll come back and it'll be something I'll give attention to. But for right now, it's it's not getting it. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, you know, uh, Jake was on the previous panel was kind enough to get me an invite to Clubhouse and I, my my iPhone. I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive tech fan or anything, but my iPhone was too old for the app to go on. So I didn't get sucked into it. And I'm kind of glad in a way because I can see the value in it and I can use it on the iPad and, and it just means that my access to it is limited. It's one of those things that's just like, I could see so many opportunities, so many ideas, so many great applications of it. And I could have seen myself getting sucked into that rabbit hole. But in a way, <laughs> having a crappy old iPhone that, that hasn't got the software updates coming on, it has saved me from myself. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things. But um, there's, there's so many great, um, yeah, thoughts and suggestions there. Sometimes we just need to, I guess, bring ourselves back on path. And that comes from knowing where you're going. It comes from understanding the path that you were on. And sometimes people don't really think about this, but it also comes from understanding where you are now, because the only way you're going to get to a destination is knowing where you're starting from. And that's when you get to choose all the, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, and, you know, actual strategies, tactics, all the rest of it. And if you're starting right now from the position of this person, 
of feeling low and feeling motivation. Well, that's going to dictate how you actually get to the destination you've set yourself. You actually have to adjust sales. Like you really do. And you actually have to ask yourself those questions. Is what I am doing now going to get me to that destination or is it going to literally take me into the eye of a storm and I'm going to sink? It's, you know, it's one of those most important things. And it comes again back round to the value of other people, like getting someone to come in and look at things, whether it's from a business perspective, whether it's just from a personal perspective, whether it's from a, you know, let's just talk and use the app that Chris mentioned. Like we all need that. It's massively important. And, um, you know, one of the, the comments is love it. What if you would know if, uh, what would you do if you know you're going to fail? Moves the frame, um, to what's truly worth doing where the process and effort still has the value, even if the, you know, ultimately a failure. And, um, it's interesting. Alistair is one of the guests that have been on already. So weirdly, he is going to be <laughs> in the future on the, and we had an absolutely fantastic conversation, um, you know, with this sort of format. So. Thank you, Alistair, for being here and, um, you know, supporting the launch. But um, what I want to do is I want to sort of move on to the next challenge where um, if I can just find it. It's interesting like this whole thing. Doing a podcast interview normally, I don't have all of these distractions. So doing the live with all these sort of things going along, it's it's quite a different experience. Um, I know, Steve, you and I did a, a live version. It was through Zoom and these distractions weren't here. So my ADHD brain is... Um, <laughs> you know, going all over the place. It doesn't help that I've got two screens and I can see things flashing at me and doing all the rest of it, but it's fun. And and I think that that's been a key thing across all of the conversation as well. Like the sense of play, the sense of enjoyment, actually looking forward to getting up in the morning and, and doing these things. I was so excited about this. I was staying up late. I was getting up early because this excited me, this, this, this opportunity. And I think that's part of it. You've got to just enjoy it and find some joy, even if you're struggling at this point. Like, what's the one thing that can make you smile today out of what you're going to do? So, um, right. So I'm going to shift gears and get to more of a tactical question that I know that there's um, certainly expertise here that um, can definitely answer this question. Um because it's around LinkedIn. And, and I guess this can touch a little bit on the, uh, is this a shiny object kind of thing or whatever? Maybe the question is, do you need to use LinkedIn? Blah, 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 blah. But um, this one came in from um, somebody and they say, I see people talking about LinkedIn being a good place to generate clients. And if I could crack it, I reckon there's a huge potential for my business to grow, but I'm struggling with getting people onto a sales call after initially making connections. Even says easy if you're selling digital marketing services, not as simple if you're selling a five figure B2B service in an insular industry. So how would you respond to that? And um, I'm going to go with Tobin first, because I know that, um, you know, this is where you focus a lot of your time around the conversational outreach. Do you want to sort of comment on that? Sure. So a couple of thoughts, uh, one specific for this person, the fact that you're not in the sales and marketing space and that you're in a very niche industry is probably to your advantage. You may not be seeing it that way right now, but it's very attractive for someone like me because it's uh, the sales and marketing space can feel like a, a red ocean. Sometimes there's a lot of people competing for attention there because it is sexy, it's needed, and uh, there's just a lot of conversation around that. But specific to LinkedIn, um, I get a lot of these questions. We we we're not a LinkedIn only, uh, you know, uh, approach in our conversational outreach. To me, the whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or email, it's it's all plumbing. The what's more important is that that uh, human to human connection. But here are a couple things to know about LinkedIn that might be useful. One. Even if it's not your primary channel, you have access to a wealth of information like uh, of about each person that you're conversing with. So even if the conversation is going to happen in email or maybe on Facebook, you can use what you learn about them on LinkedIn to inform and have a better conversation there. Most people that are in the business space are going to have some presence. I, I only know of a few people that have opted out of LinkedIn completely. You might see more of that on Facebook. I hear more often people say, I'm not going into that ecosystem. And they they have their reasons and some of them pretty legitimate these days. LinkedIn, most people are going to at least maintain a business presence. And you can, again, read about the business, understand a little bit more how they're positioning for the kind of work that they want to do, even if the conversation doesn't happen there. 
the other thing that I heard in this question was uh, kudos to you because it sounds like you're connecting with people successfully. And that sometimes is a challenge. We, we see a lot of folks that either aren't, they're struggling to find the right people that they, they most need to talk to and work with on LinkedIn. So uh, it's a, where do I find my people question that we tackle first? And then it's how do we start the conversation? And that part of that one step in there is making a connection or a friend request. Uh, so I think if you're already doing that successfully, that's that's good. You're you're more than halfway towards the goal line of what you want to accomplish. Uh, I'm going to answer my answer specifically of what I think you described as a problem is how do we make a hand raising invitation to go into that sales call? And that's really always elegantly put then, Tobin, always an elegant way of putting it. There's this is the big problem on LinkedIn right now. A lot of people are coming in uh, salesy, pitchy. One of my friends calls them pitchy peats. I like to refer to them as leg humpers, but they're all it's their agenda. They're coming in hard and fast with their agenda of what they want to make happen. And it makes us feel like we're a number in in their spreadsheet. They're hoping to generate, you know, a certain number of sales. And it's just it's this is a relationship game. People do business with people that they like, they know, like, and trust. So it's not worth burning your reputation coming in that way. Because my first impression of people when they pitch me immediately, like I get a long message on LinkedIn and at the bottom there's a calendar link and I don't even know who this person is or why I should care. My my first thought is they've made a bad first impression. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with this person. Sometimes I kind of point out that there might be a different way of doing this, but we genuinely, one of my partners calls it friend hunting. You're you're looking for people that you want to know anyways. And then as you get to know them, and there's, we can talk more about that process, but as you get to know them, uh, you can figure out if there might be business there. And if not, it could be making an introduction to somebody else where that would be helpful for them. Um, Mm. But it's, it's really about grooming those relationships. Um, There's a process that works, but it's not automation. And it's, it, it's got to be personalized. It's, it has to be organic. Um, when we send messages to people, 100%, we want them to know that that message was meant for them, for their, their eyes alone. It's not a copy and paste. Uh, and Ethan, this is right up your alley with the bomb bomb videos because you can't fake those. You can't copy and paste a hundred messages to a hundred people that way. It's, they feel it in the video where, you know, there is a lot of text, uh, involved on the, uh, connection requests and things like that. And we're doing the same thing. We want to enter their world in an uplifting way. It's about them uh, recognizing the value of the work that they're doing and um, and not just coming in yeah, and trying and to sell them on something. I, I think that you, you touched on something right at the beginning and it's kind of like, it's actually a, a it's, it's a benefit if you're in more of an insular B2B industry or, you know, you're not fishing in the red ocean of digital marketing or, or, or things like that because people have their preconceived ideas and all the rest of it. Because you're going after a more insular market, you actually have the ability to do what a lot of others don't necessarily have that ability to do. And that is do the unscalable and do it well. You mentioned Ethan with the videos. Like there's no, uh, there's no reason why you couldn't start a conversation. And if you wanted to hand off and make that hand raising offer, if you did it through a video, right? If somebody is literally going through the automated process and blah, 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 all that kind of thing, you can't do that, but you can put the human element into it. And that's, that's why I want to come on to you, Ethan, because you know, that's a, an idea of using the type of thing that you do, but I know you're very active on LinkedIn as well with the content that you put out there and, and you know, you're engaged with people. Do you use the messaging side of things much and you know what is your experience around this sort of thing yeah it's really interesting when i when i saw this was going to be a conversation topic i thought about it like i'm not actively selling a service but i will tell you that i have been bought many 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 times just by being present and active in in some of the ways that tobin talked about which is I'm not pressing people to appear on their podcast, but I'm getting those invitations, right? Simply by being present. So I'll go, I'll go very, very practical and then kind of step out and and really double down on the niche industry piece uh, at the end. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that you are very, very clear. And I don't, I, I don't want to be too um, assumptive here, but I think it's worth restating this explicitly anyway, who is your best customer? Who is your ideal customer? What problem do you solve for her or him? 
and what motivates you to do this work? Or I would call that a general bucket of differentiation, but not in like kind of a nuts and bolts way, but like, you know, what is your approach? What is your motivation? What is your philosophy behind the way that you help these particular people solve these particular problems or capitalize on these particular opportunities? And then when you're clear on that, look at your LinkedIn profile again. Is there a clean photo? Does your headline support the problem that you solve and the people you solve it for? Do you have some featured content? You have that featured content block. Record a video of yourself explaining very, very simply uh, who you who you work for, the problem that you solve, and what why that brings you to life and how you maybe do that uniquely. Put that in the featured content section. Make sure that your about section is filled out and that it speaks to these things. Make it really, really, really easy for people to understand I could be a customer of hers, or I could be a customer of his, or I could be a customer of theirs, right? Make that easy. Because then when you go into LinkedIn, in the spirit and philosophy that I know that we all share, which is help, contribute, participate, engage, come with curiosity, come to learn, come to add, et cetera, um, you're going to wind up with more profile views. And when they get there, it needs to be really easy for people to understand whether or not they should be in a conversation with you. And I think by doing that, um, you're inviting the sales call as opposed to copy, paste, ram down, cram down, leg hump, which is just mm. it's such a funny term, uh, uh, you know, all that stuff. And so, uh, and then the next thing I would say is time block and be a little bit programmatic about your approach. Um, think about what are the frequently asked questions from people at various stages of their relationship with you, whether it's consideration or at the other end, people that have been with you for five years, what do they still wonder about? What do they want to do again? These kinds of things. Keep a notepad of ideas. Um, what's a new situation you ran into or what's a question you got from someone that you had never been asked before and you figured it out together with them. Turn that into whether you want to do audio, whether you want to do video, whether you want to do writing, be a little bit programmatic and release content and make it engaging for people to talk about, uh, ask questions, you know, provoke a conversation. And then the other big piece is engaging on other people's stuff. So uh, I, that is going to promote a lot more profile views. It's going to pro, uh, promote a lot more inbound connection requests. When you show that you're a thoughtful person who's showing up in the right spirit, you're naturally attractive to other people. And so, um, so there's that. And then the last thing I'll say on the niche audience, so many of these industries lack books. They lack podcasts. They lack YouTube channels. They lack um you know, you could invite people if you don't want to do a podcast, which I highly recommend, by the way, to anyone listening, like it, it's it's easier and less expensive to start than ever before. Um, you can do it full blown and, and hire people and make it amazing. Or you could do it super low budget and just get started. But in this way, you have a vehicle to invite your prospective buyers into a conversation. And it could just be a little Zoom recording and you release it once a week. You know, it's a 10 minute conversation, you release it once a week or twice a week in two parts on LinkedIn. But it gives you a vehicle to reach out and invite people into conversation so that A, you understand who you think your best customer is uh, in, in a much more intimate way. And then B, you're building these legitimate relationships through this kind of co-creation, co-promotion scenario. And it's just a really natural, human, engaging, legit way to build conversations and relationships with your ideal customers. Very similar to, you know, the, the, I guess what, uh, what, what's happened over the last hundred episodes. And, um, I, I almost feel a little, I almost feel a little bit guilty now coming to Steve now, because I think Ethan's probably stolen a lot of your thunder <laughs> that you would have had around Not some of this idea, because this is right up your alley. Um, maybe, you know, not the, not the outreach direct sort of, you know, messaging kind of thing, but. I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is right up your alley in terms of niche insular businesses, that kind of thing, B2B, the value of, you know, we mentioned your book service. We mentioned the fact that you do the, you know, your podcast prospecting method, all that kind of thing. I mean, would you add to any of that or is it, is Ethan just totally yeah, sort of no, taking well, it from you? <laughs> well, let's talk about LinkedIn specifically because I, I've been on LinkedIn since very close to the beginning. Um, and, uh, uh, someday I'll be old enough and even grayer and that'll actually, you know, be a badge of honor, I guess. But 
but I have a love hate relationship with LinkedIn because I get leg humpers every day flooding me with connection requests and with messages. And <clears throat> so there are days I just don't even want to go in there. And uh, I, I got called out recently. A buddy of mine is a um, uh, really amazing LinkedIn expert and very, very good at it. And um, we were on a call and I happened to have, was screen sharing, happened to have LinkedIn open. I had like 90, I had the little 99 plus little, uh, you know, thing next to my notifications. Cause I said I had to take two weeks off because it, it was just too much. So I, I get that it can be a challenge, but I, I think the way to make all of these systems work is, is really to think about who, who do I need to create business friendships with? You know, I, I started really thinking about this at the beginning of last year. Like every, I've been in business now for, um, gosh, 25, 28 years now. Um, and every relationship has led or every result I've ever had has come from a relationship. It wasn't necessarily because I did some amazing marketing. It was because somewhere along the line, I, I made friends with somebody. Um, sometimes I did it through marketing. But more often I did it one-on-one -on -one, and either they sent people to me because they understood what I did and they liked me and they, and because they liked me, they had that affinity and, and they wanted to help or because I, I reached out and connected directly with a prospect and, it, mm -hmm. you know, it led to that, that kind of relationship. And so I, where people get tripped up, I think on LinkedIn is they try and go for this volume. I'm, how am I going to invite a thousand people to be my friend this week? And it, I think it's not about scale. It's about compounding, you know? And so how can I invite three people today that would be really great? And then how can I do that again tomorrow? And if I do that every day, the compound effect of that is going to blow away everything else that I could do because I'm going to be making real human connections. And that gives you then the time because you're not trying to do scale, gives you the time to do the really interesting things that you can do with tools like BombBomb with video like Ethan's talking about, where you can engage in conversation with people. Um, you know, so I, I think it first requires that sort of reframe. And, uh, and so for this person who's asking about the niche industry, my goodness, if I could get every one of my clients to focus on a really narrow niche, my job would be so much easier in helping them get clients. Uh, that's the number one thing, the very first thing we work on. And it is the one thing that I have to arm wrestle every client for. So if you're there, mm. be thankful. Um, Absolutely. And and that yeah. that is a quotable there. Can you repeat it where you said about the, uh, the, the it's it's about compounding, not scale? I, yeah, I think that, I think that's the whole game with this stuff, with relationships. You're, you're looking to collect really smart people. You had Dove Gordon on, who's a, a longtime friend and, um, you know, I always call him the collector of, of people. He finds these really interesting people. He started this mastermind years ago uh, that I've been blessed to be a part of now for almost a decade. And, um, and he just collects these really great people. And the compound effect of that for him and for everybody that's been associated with it is enormous. Mm -hmm. That to me is the game. And I think we get so caught up in you know, this idea that that growing a business is all about scale. And yeah, there's a point at which parts of it need to scale, but scale the things that should scale and compound the things that really are are suited to compounding. Um, in terms of, you know, how to make this practical, um, when I reach out to somebody uh, and, you know, it's somebody that I've identified that I want to connect with, I do use a podcast. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we offer that service now is we started, I started doing it myself and, and clients just started asking, Hey, can you do that for us? Because I always wanted to have a place to invite someone. I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to say, look, I want to collaborate with you, Adam, and I'm going to lead the way by inviting you to come have a conversation with me. I mean, you did that with me. That's how we got connected. You, you invited me to your podcast and, you know, here we are. And, and I'm sure there'll be many more collaborations in the future. So that, that's kind of the way I think about it. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of people get caught up with LinkedIn as well in that they think that, right, well, if I don't get the connection request accepted and then they're not responding and it doesn't happen instantly, then, uh, pff, you know, I'll, I'll just put that to the side. Whereas the key thing, and, and is, uh, that's why I love, and I think that isn't, that's a wonderful quotable there. It's the, it's, it's a compound, you know, using LinkedIn for the compound and, you know, not scale is not doing the volume of those connection requests and actually 
being strategic about who you connect with, who you actually get into conversations with. Because I think really, there's a lot of people out there that are talking about LinkedIn for generating clients and all that kind of thing. And yes, it can work. It can do those sorts of things. And Tobin, you will testify to that as well. But I think the real power in LinkedIn is it's those relationships and the potential to actually connect with other people that also serve your audience, but do it in a different way and building those relationships that can introduce you to an entire, as I call it, sort of pond full of your perfect hungry fish where you're not fishing on the side of a river competing with hundreds of other you know, fishermen and there's not enough fish for everybody. You're kind of like in that pond. It's private. It's full. And you're the only one there because you've been invited in. And I know it can be a crude analogy because, you know, a lot of people think that you catch the fish and kill them. We do not do that. It's a catch and release policy <laughs> here at Think Like Fish. Just yeah, always catch, catch again and catch again and catch again. Absolutely. I just want to double down on something here really quickly. The focus on sales, like we sell to windows of opportunity, right? We used to sell to budgets, but, you know, budget is an early pre-qualifier, we used to sell on value. Like if you put in a dollar, I can get you a dollar 85 back. Let's put more, you know, whatever that, that ROI equation is. And that all exists too, but you can pre-qualify all of that stuff. What we're really selling to is the priority or the immediate need or a window of opportunity. You and I might be perfect uh, customer, supplier, partner, consultant, client, relationship, but I just don't have that need right now, or it's not a high enough priority, or I don't have the bandwidth to adopt it or whatever the case may be. And so this long-term view, instead of going out and saying like, it didn't get accepted fast enough. I didn't get the sales call fast. Like this, this old fashioned funnel approach completely misses this idea of priority and the window of opportunity. Whereas if you play this longer game, you a pre-qualify a whole bunch of people. They know that you can help them just not right now. I like them. I trust them. They seem to know what they're talking about, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've been in a podcast conversation, so we know each other and each other's businesses pretty intimately, you know, through, you can get, you can go deep in 45 minutes or an hour. And so it opens up this opportunity that when that window opens or that priority comes up, that you're the first call that they're going to get. So I just wanted to say, you know, even though you're playful about the catch and release. It's it's still a thing. You know, you're creating this, you're, you're, you're mutually pre-qualifying this kind of no like trust understanding element so that when the real buying criteria surfaces, which is this is now pressing for me, you're the first call. Mm. 100%. I want to say uh, to add to what Steve said, I love the uh, his uh, comparison of scaling versus compounding. And when you when you take this compounding approach, the the relationship is already building and you're going to get, I mean, I'll give you an example. This is how you get 80 to 90% connection rates, right? If when they're running automation and stuff, the rates can be as low as 10%. One out of 10 people actually accept that stuff because it looks like junk. But mm -hmm. when you're starting the conversation with people before, like these days, I rarely even put a note in my, when I send a connection request because the conversation is already happening somewhere else. Maybe I reached out through their website, through email, uh, could have been a Facebook connection. Now I'm connecting with them on LinkedIn, could have been in the comments on LinkedIn. But those those get accepted at a very high rate because you're just continuing the conversation and the relationship building. And you can only do that in that compounding approach, because if you're trying to squeeze a thousand people down through this funnel and you hope to get, you know, three clients at the end, it's not worth it because you've just pissed off 997 people. You've ruined your reputation with them. Yeah. Can, can I touch on, I want to build on that. I think that's really important because I, I get these automated messages all the time through LinkedIn and, and frankly, through email and, and every other possible way. Um, and that person has now created the first impression. And you said, well, it, you know, it, it looks like junk. They are junk. If it's an automated message that you haven't thought much about and you're trying to connect with me on a, a platform where, you know, it's really built around one-to-one -one human to human connection. I, now I know you've, you've sh sort of shown me who you are. And, uh, and I think that's, it's a really dangerous way to go about it. And I think there's a going back to Ethan's, you know, humanize, uh, terminology. I, I think that's the key. And, and it's just so easy to get caught up in all of these hacks and tricks and shortcuts. And the shortcut is the human shortcut. Always has been, always will be. 
it's a principle that will not change. And and I think especially now, and I think obviously, you know, LinkedIn, I do think they are really focusing on this because they don't want the automation to ruin the platform because people will just leave and that doesn't serve them. And I know that there's um, things come out and I've seen some stuff that you've shared around it, Tobin, for example, about they're really looking at you cannot allow other people to go into your account, for example, and, and manage it on your behalf and all that kind of stuff. And so it really does say to me that, yeah, they are trying to keep the platform as a platform, a human platform, and not just filled with the, you know, with the bots and all the rest of it. Well, because LinkedIn, really LinkedIn owns some responsibility around this because in November of 2019, they updated their policies and said, if you're using automation platforms, you risk having your account shut down. You know, we'll give you a warning once. The second time, it's permanent. But they're not—they're not, they're not uh, enforcing this across the board because I think we all know there there are lead gen companies out there that are selling the use of these automation platforms. So it exists, and and I see people. I'm hearing about people getting accounts shut down, but it's not—it's not everyone. So I think they own that responsibility. And then in January of this year, they came out with this new set of guidelines to be more human, to be more transparent. And one of one of their pieces was they said, we want you to use your LinkedIn profile. And we don't want someone else. We can see when people are through IP addresses, even if you're using VPNs, there's activity that shows when it's being used by multiple people. That's not how it's intended. We're going to disable accounts. But again, it's not consistent across the board. So I think they own a little bit of responsibility uh, and mm-hmm. really an obligation. If they if they really intend to go there, they need to up their game as well. Well, I mean, I think it's. It's, it's kind of a nice, you know, we are getting towards, I can't believe the top of the hour again, um, this has gone literally like that. But it, it really does to me, it, it emphasizes uh, the theme I think that's gone throughout this. It's about business is not any really different to how it's always been and that it is done between people. So how do you rehumanize it to, uh, to steal Ethan's term? And, you know, how just just thinking of ways of doing that. Yes, you can have things in your business that will be systemized and it can leverage and there's all these wonderful tools that we have at our disposal. But if we use that in in place of the human element, then it, you know, of course it's not going to work because ultimately, especially when you're selling a B2B, a service, a professional service, when you are actually interacting with people, you know, we're not, we're not trying to flog an ebook here. We are actually trying to serve people. And I think there's a very different mindset between people that set their business up to serve and help other people achieve a result than it is, right, well, I'm just going to kind of go and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with setting up an e-commerce store or anything like that, but it's, it's a very different type of worldview because you're not selling widgets, you're actually selling a transformation. And he, it's a Ethan very- gave us a big hint on this when he said earlier, he said, I, you know, I'm not selling this service, I'm, I, but I've been bought. And that, that mm-hmm. is really the key. People love to buy, but we all hate to be sold. So we have to get, we have to turn the table on that and facilitate the buying experience and do a whole lot less, maybe no selling actually, because you can mm-hmm. still get better results by facilitating the buyers. As always, there is a, there is quotables in this, in, in this conversation that I will bring out. And, and, and I still to this day use uh, one that Ethan, <laughs> you, you, you helped me with on the first one. And, and, um, I talk about, you know, one of the reasons why I do this, it, uh, one of the reasons why I cited the first podcast and one of the reasons why I'm taking it in the direction that it is, it's to live my value of being able to think like the fish, to really understand people. So I am eating my own dog food or as Ethan, politely reframed me from saying is I drink my own champagne <laughs> and it's, it's understanding what is, I guess it's not just what's going on in somebody's head. It's, it's, it's kind of pulling out some stories. They're thinking the way they see the world and what's going on with them on a, in their day. Like what, what does the world look like to them and, and really understanding that and helping me understand what it's like to be somebody that works in you know, professional services, B2B, working with clients, trying to win clients, attract clients, staffing issues, budget issues, all of these kind of things, they all add up. And it all comes down to the same kind of principle-based thing around if you're going to have a successful business, you can't do it on your own. You need to collaborate, even if it is just you in the business. And you need to actually get the right help when you need it. And I think that is the thing you need to support. And you can put all sorts of tactics in 
all sorts of different places to achieve that. But it really is about those fundamentals and it's about knowing where you want to go, knowing when you're starting from, and it's then that you can choose those, um, you know, the right, the right tactics to, to actually undertake the journey that you want to go on. Because if you're choosing the wrong journey, you may as well stay at home. Like we all are at the moment in this lockdown with no choice. But when we are given the choice, let's go out and do what we want to do. So guys, it has been an absolute pleasure again to connect. It's been, yeah, I mean, three hours. I thought I would be dying on my feet, but I could go go for another two, three hours. It's been so much fun. It's been great to connect with you all again. And thank you, like genuine heartfelt thank you. And that goes to everybody else that's been here as well, because I've had good fun. I think I've needed this as well. Like again, from that personal perspective, it's like, Sometimes things feel a bit ugh, pressured and, and things are just like, you know, and you know, you need the, you need the boost. And, and it's, it's, yeah, I think it's amazing with the modern twist that we've got these days with all of this, we're talking to, I've spoken to people from all over the world when I can't even leave my own front door. <laughs> it's fantastic. Thank you ever so much guys. So what I want to just do quickly is give everyone a chance to find out, um, yeah, just how to connect. I'll bring the sites up if you're watching. And yeah, is there anything going on that uh, I know, Steve, I mentioned at the start, for example, you've got your book launch or your book service, which I advise if you've just got a, you know, a seed in your mind, go and go and check it out. Is that on the website or is there somewhere else to go to, Steve? It's on the website. Yeah, best place to go is right there, unstoppableceo.net. It's got everything, got the podcast. You can go find uh, Adam and Ethan and we need to get Tobin and we'll, we'll, uh, get everybody on there, but, uh, uh, you can find it all there. So yeah, go check it out. We've got some books we're giving away. So grab those. And yeah, definitely. And, um, Ethan bombbomb.com. It's an easy one to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. I think I'm still the only Ethan Butte there, B-E-U-T-E. And so, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn as well. And, um, happy to answer any questions about anything that we talked about. Awesome. And Tobin bookofexperts.com. Yeah, love to chat with folks on LinkedIn too. Uh, you can find you can uh, you can actually have a free listing on Book of Experts, so it is still invite only. So we are going to look and make sure you know we're we're looking at a small group of people. Uh, we don't try to judge who's the experts. It's more like we're just looking at that you're actually working in the same space. Uh, but we'd love for you to have a listing there if that makes sense. And kudos to you, uh, Adam, for bringing what an amazing group of people together. I mean, I'm I feel blessed to to be invited and just looking at some of these other names and hearing the commentary earlier in the morning, it's a uh, credit to you and what you're building here. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Thank you very Way much. Leader. I mean, you, you really have pulled this together and, and uh, you know, orchestrated an amazing thing. So kudos to you on your leadership. Well, thank you ever so much. Um, yeah. I mean, I did it cause it's fun, as I said, and um, yeah, I, I want to do something different and I want to kind of take things in, in in a different direction, take a different direction with the business, much more focusing around the whole, you know, not just for what I do for myself in the business, but helping other people. It's all about collaboration. It's all about partnership. It's all about the rising tide lifts all ships. So how do we do more of that together? Because it, it benefits everyone. Because one thing I didn't mention when Amy was on, she's doing something fantastic. Like there's a, there's a pool of agencies in the UK that are all clubbed together to offer services to small businesses at a, a, a phenomenal discount. And it's just little things like that that make a difference, especially right now when, when businesses are going to be the ones, the smaller businesses are going to be the ones that lift us back after all of this uh, nastiness has finished. So yeah, if we can be a small, small drop in the ocean that, that, that sort of helps that. That's all, that's all my, my aim is. So guys, thank you ever so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure. I've managed to finish at one minute past four, which is pretty, you know, from my, my, my general ADHD time, <laughs> timekeeping is pretty impressive for myself. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I'm going to thank you for being here, for being here and keeping me to time as well, because I'm um, showing up nicely and yeah, thank you ever so much. So if you, uh, yeah, if you guys need to drop off, please do. If you want to hang around when I finish live and, uh, you know, and have a quick chat, feel free to do so. What I will do is just uh, end this and, um, yeah, I will um, wrap up. So that's it. Thank you ever so much for watching, for listening. If you are watching the live, watching the replay, listening in the future on the podcast, I hope that 
this has got you excited about a, a different slant and a different format for the show. And please, if you've got dilemmas, if you've got challenges that are going on, send them in. Think tank at thinklikeafish.co.uk. And I and another guest and or other guests, because I enjoy this so much, I want to be getting panels on in the future. We will brainstorm these for you. you we will just come up with some of the ideas, the, the the thinking. I hope you've seen it's that power of a mastermind. It's the power of actually getting heads together and really sort of coming up with the ideas. And sometimes all you need is for other people to force you to ask a better question, which is what I loved about what, uh, what Jake covered there. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you're excited about uh, the next the next evolution of the show. That's it from me. The happy fishing is going. I'm just going to wish you all the best and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you and if you have enjoyed the show please make sure you're subscribed you'll get updated as the new episodes come out and finally last favor please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on apple podcasts i read every single one they mean the world for me i love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well so if you want to go and do that i'd really appreciate it but until next time have an awesome day and we'll speak soon